Hello and welcome to our podcast all about games and accessibility. We're your hosts Kim and Abby and today we're talking about the game that Abby can't pronounce. Fire Emblem! More specifically Fire Emblem Three Houses which is a strategy turn-based role-playing game and Abby is going to introduce our fabulous guest today. Yes so today we have Nat, my cousin. (laughs) Hello. And today we are going to talk about the game that I can't pronounce Um, and we're going to say about how accessible it is, what you'd like to change about it and what you generally do and don't like about it. I've just realised poor Nat, she's just got the label of Abby's cousin forever. She has. (laughs) You know what, that's fine, that's fine, you know. Like when people ask about this episode it's just going to be, oh yeah Abby's cousin was on it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) I, I, I really I don't mind it's fine <laughs> oh, right we've got double trouble so let's keep this under control or at least attempt to um, Abby we have a not so hidden agenda this episode we are going to convince you to play this game please we're not just going to tell you about it casually anymore we are demanding that you play this game This is a complete indoctrination. Yes, if if I don't see it on your list when I check later, then I will be really upset. Okay, challenge accepted. You've now got to convince me enough. Okay, we will convince you, right, Nat? Yeah, we will, honestly. If you don't play it, you'll just spend the rest of your life hearing me tell you to play it. That's just just how it goes. And then it will be the regret when you do play it and you think, if only I'd played this 50 years ago. Yeah, exactly. I'd yeah. be like, if only I listened to Kim and that. <laughs> right, so let's start with the big, big positive of this game in terms of accessibility, which really makes it stand out, which is that Fire Emblem Free Houses is fully voice acted. Um this is quite unusual. A lot of games have voice acting in, where it's only certain lines or certain cutscenes. Fire Emblem Free Houses has every single line of dialogue in the entire game voiced. Even what NPCs randomly say around the monastery, um, even the random tutorial bits, there is speech for everything. And that is quite unusual. What do you think of the voice acting in the game, Nat? Yeah, no, the voice acting is absolutely fantastic. All of the voice actors are, they're, they're just amazing. I love all of them. Um, the Again, like I, I've played other Fire Emblem games and I think the voice acting really does set it apart. In fact, that um, in, in other games like Awakening and Fates, like it's just like maybe like crit quotes or um, just random pieces of dialogue. Uh, you know, even though Corin's uh, voice was fully customised, it, it, it's, it's not the same as having a fully set cast of characters that you can kind of interact with as well as kind of listen to all of their uh, all, all of their dialogue without having to read it. I think the worst thing about Three Houses is if there wasn't <laughs> if there wasn't any voice acting, um, I'm pretty sure it just would have been unplayable in a story sense. Considering yeah. the fact that uh, if you even if you'd use the zoom feature on the switch, you would have been having to scroll across and back and forth across the screen. It just yeah. tedious. Considering how much story there is, like <laughs> it's 
it, it's quite it's quite amazing how much how much actual um, story they kind of pack into the game. Uh, it's pretty big, especially compared to other Fire Emblem games. So, and the, the voice acting was a pre it, it was it was a must for uh, for three uh, houses. Honestly, um, it just makes the game so much more charming. Yeah, it definitely does. I love I love how they've managed to um, put so much life into the characters. Like every voice actor really brings something to that. I think it adds to the story. Whereas just reading all the text, it wouldn't give you the same um, immersion, I guess. Yeah, I, I feel like, especially with characters like, say, for example, um, <laughs> like Hubert is pretty scary, generally. <laughs> like, you know, no no eyebrows, you know, that's, that's <laughs> um, But his all of his supports are amazing because he just, he's, he just has this demeanour that just terrifies all of the other students and his 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 voice actor does an amazing job at getting that kind of aura um and again it's 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 definitely a plus with all of the all of the support conversations as well um you can kind of get a feel for the emotion that they're getting because i mean in a lot of supports they're uh, they're quite uh carefree some of them are quite serious but the voice actors seem to get kind of a, a really good grasp on the mood that they're going for. Um, and no, it's just, it just, it's just so nice to hear all of them interact with each other rather than just having to go through it in your head. Who are your favourites? Are there any um, voice actors that make a character that wouldn't have been your favourite necessarily turn into your favourite just because of the voice? I'll probably have to say, um, probably Linhart. Um, simply because uh, I mean he's 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 a cute character anyway. You know he's always sleepy, but his voice actor, <laughs> his voice kind of adds this extra level of tiredness that you can just relate to. <laughs> um, and I just don't think I would I would connect as much with Linhart if I couldn't hear his voice. Um, honestly, <laughs> do you ever yawn after talking to him in the game? Honestly, you probably, I probably have. <laughs> so, Abby, have we convinced you yet? Mm, not quite yet. <laughs> right, we better keep going. Yeah, I don't think anything I've said has been particularly convincing yet. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the voice acting alone would sell the game to a lot of people just because mm. it is so different from a lot of JRPGs. Yeah, normally um, you've got to commit to reading loads and loads and loads and loads of text. And honestly, it's just exhausting. Like like you said about the game being unplayable without the voice acting, it really is. Uh, even sighted people complained about the text size and they had to do an update for it because it was that bad. And I, I physically couldn't sit there for hours at a time flicking backwards and forwards constantly. I uh, I remember uh, when I first bought the game last year. It was a month or two after it first released, and uh, I sent I, I got really upset, and I sent this email to Nintendo customer support, and I was like, "Why is the text so small? <laughs> you know, don't, I'm pretty sure a sighted person probably couldn't read this." Well, they couldn't. Uh, it was absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I didn't get a response, but it was more of the it, it, it was it was more the uh, the sentiment. Honestly, I just I, I just wanted to complain. Um, 
think they must have had a lot of those emails though because they did actually update the game not long after we've increased text sizes but it's still minuscule yeah no it, it, yeah especially to people with you know very very much a lack of sight uh, it does make the game very hard to interact with when uh, especially very very heavy story based games because jrpgs do depend on you know a very intricate story and they're often you know paired with uh, kind of a relationship deepened between characters so it is just an awful lot of reading it's like well i might as well read a book that i can't read <laughs> um, but without the story a jrpg sort of falls flat doesn't it if you, yeah, if you miss it, it on that because all the combat and the places you go to are built off of the story so if you don't know the story and you can't engage with it it sort of ruins the whole game doesn't it can you tell me more about the story because i don't actually know much about the story like i don't really know what here we go here we go <laughs> i've just thought how different this is from other fire emblems because you know normally when people talk about fire emblem they just talk about the strategy gameplay and and yet we're talking about it as if it's a jrpg when technically it's an srpg so this this is quite different to the other games isn't it yeah Go ahead, Nat. Tell her that. Tell her how great <laughs> the story is. Oh God. Okay. So, uh, in the past, intelligent systems have tried to do uh, super intricate stories where uh, you, as a playable character, has a choice in um, what decisions you make in terms of the story. Um, and that turned out to be a massive failure. Um, well, pay thirty pounds for it. <laughs> And if you want the third story, you're going to have to pay another £30. Yeah. Uh, I, won't, I won't elaborate because that's not what we're talking about today. But basically, Three Houses is the, the perfect follow-up to what was the disgrace of Fids in a sense that the story is all there, all the roots are intertwined, don't have to pay for them, and you can interact with all of the characters, you know, in one space. And so basically... Uh, you you play as Byleth. You start off at a Garakmok monastery as a professor, and you have to choose a house. Uh, the house you choose kind of locks you into what path you take later on in the game. And uh, they all have a bunch of different students that are all they all have such unique personalities, and they all have they 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 all have different skills. You know, some of them um, are proficient in sword fighting, and some of them, you know, axe warders, some of them wyvern riders, and uh, they they all basically help you fight kind of battles. And if we getting into the gameplay um, outside of the exploration of the monastery, it's um, the gameplay is like it's turn based. It's it's turn based, but you're also moving players around like a, a board it's, it's, it's almost like chess isn't it really yeah it's like chess but you move all your pieces in one go instead of one at a time um and you basically uh go through the game uh you do these different maps with every chapter and every chapter the story progresses with these again very detailed uh, fully voice acted cutscenes. they're absolutely amazing um and the further you get the more invested you get in all of these characters that you've you've been teaching over the last couple of months um and then suddenly you're thrown into the situation where you have to make a really massive choice and it affects like the entirety of Ferdinand 
and it, it it's very emotional i don't want to spoil any of the game you know uh, but it's it's oh my god the the emotions the emotion it, it's it's honestly it's such a ride i fire Emblem three houses is such a full-on great game um everything bes- between um all of the fights or all, all of the uh things like all of the uh, support conversations between students that increase kind of your relationship with them and fishing fishing is even fun in this game yeah it has rumble so um the good thing yeah. about the fishing is um even if you're totally blind that's one bit that you can definitely do like um when danielle's come round, she plays the fishing because it sort of rum it rumbles like it's hard to describe but it actually feels like you're holding a fishing rod i don't know how they do the feedback inside the joy con <laughs> but it's amazing it actually feels like you're reading it in is it better or worse than um, animal crossing fishing it's more intense a lot more intense, more intense. <laughs> uh basically what happens is you fish and you have to uh i mean i guess that's it you fish but uh you actually have to kind of match a ring it's a rhythm kind of game. It is basically a rhythm game, but it's not that visually intense. Like you can kind of see, it's not it's not small or anything. It basically takes up the center of the screen, and you just kind of have to match it up. So it's not as kind of mindless as Animal Crossing, wherein you just throw the fishing rod and then you know whatever. <laughs> but no, the the fishing actually increases because uh, you have these things called. Um, you basically have levels professor rank yeah professor rank um and that that again it, it kind of it increases the things that you can do around the monastery when you're exploring between battles um and uh, actually kim how do you find uh, interacting with students in the monastery actually i love it i, I find <laughs> it's my favorite bit what i did was um I've got I've got more use of it now, but not being able to really see the mini map or understand it, I just kind of devised a set route around, and I'd follow the same route every yeah. explore session and check each place, and then if I hadn't found anyone, like I'd mentally keep track of all the students, and if there was anyone I hadn't spoke to, then I'd pull up the map and like check the different areas to see if their name popped up, um, but I normally would find everyone on the first sweep. Um, but it's my favourite bit of the game. I just, I really like it. I think that's what drew me in because I I tried awakening and I do enjoy it. But I don't like just going from one battle straight into another battle, straight into another yeah. one. I like having that space to breathe and explore and talk to the characters. And because it does make it feel more like a JRPG than just a strategy game at that point. Yeah. Uh, other other instalments before three houses have been very much uh you go on a map and you go between you know uh map to map and uh, the only interactions you get with other characters are through kind of supports you get by uh you know um them fighting against with each other in battle um but three houses makes it so much easier for again like you said just to take a breather and it's always really fun to see, you know, what kind of things uh, the students like talk about on that particular Sunday. I don't know, like it's it's just fun, and and um, some characters and NPCs have quests, uh, little kind of uh, like chores for you to do, um, especially Seth. Um, 
<laughs> Sorry, I can't get over the set of memes. I, I, I love the one about McDonald's. See, everyone's going to have no idea what we're going on a bit now. Professor. I'm going to pretend I know what you're going on a bit. Lane and I are stuck in the McDonald's playpen. <laughs> I, think, I think that's the thing about the community. It's so good around this game. Like, once you get into the game, you, you get hooked just on the community aspect of it as well. Yeah. One, the interactability in the game with other students is, again, on point. And the the interactions that you have with people outside of the game in kind of fandom spaces is equally as amazing. I've, I've met a lot of fun people that are into Fire Emblem. Um, and it's just, it, it's, just, it's just fun to talk about because the students just have so much more personality that you can kind of really put them into these really wacky situations. And you really kind of have, a, you kind of know how, you know, they'll act and behave. And, and it's just, it's just nice to see them in an other setting besides war. And I, I, I like how, um, you know, the instructing, it sort of fits their personality as well. So even when you're training them up, that's kind of adding to the character of them as well. And I love that aspect of like building up your army, um, choosing what they're going to focus on choose their classes and I love looking at all of the outfits uh choosing yeah. a, <laughs> choosing a class and just going through all of the outfits and just picking which one looks nice <laughs> instead of what stats they give me <laughs> yeah so um it's it's good um the uh the gameplay is also I, I mean it, it's fairly because of the the resolution on the Switch is so much better than the 3DS and whatever, um, I find that even playing the the main bulk of the game, which is you know the strategy part, is so much more enjoyable because you can kind of see what's going on. Um, you know, you can look at the map completely and you can zoom in. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You can zoom in and uh, if you press X, you can uh, the character portraits pop up. So you know who you, sometimes, oh my god, in other Fire Emblem games, uh, sometimes I'll move a unit accidentally thinking it's someone else, and then suddenly they're in the wrong place, and they get like, <laughs> they just get demolished. <laughs> and, oh, and, and the, the Divine Pulse uh, feature that lets you go backwards. Imagine in chess, if you get your queen taken, and you think, oh no, I'm just going to take that turn back, and actually, <laughs> while I'm at it, I'm going to undo your last turn, and my last turn. Okay, now it's my turn again. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great, if you could do that in chess. I think we should try playing chess with Divine Pulse, and see what happens. <laughs> That'd be amazing. But yeah, we've gone on and on about how good the story is, and how good the gameplay is, but... We do need to talk about the accessibility, which is sort of the point of why we're doing this. And um, so on one hand, you've got the voice acting and the fishing mini game, which are really, really good. And on the other hand, well, you deserve a medal. Let's put it that way. How on earth did you play this game without Zoom on a light? Oh my God, I have no idea how I played this game without the Zoom. <laughs> um, so just to fill anyone in, I registered, uh, I registered blind. And uh, <laughs> I've had my Switch for about just over two years. And it was only when I listened to the podcast that I actually found out that the Switch had a Zoom feature. And so this whole time, I've been playing Three Houses without a Zoom, meaning that I've just been sitting and straining my eyes, 
not really being able to read any of the text, actually just skipping over loads of text just just to play the game because uh, <laughs> I didn't know that was a Zoom feature. So when you're getting your phone and taking pictures and trying to like yeah, zoom I, in. I used to, uh, basically I'd use my phone and uh, zoom into the screen uh, just if, if it was something that I really needed to read. Like, uh, oh my God, uh, the worst part, like you, you can get through a lot of the game really kind of just with kind of... Um, you can bluff really, you can just memorise and bluff. But the confessions in the um, cathedral, yeah, uh, they're on a timer as well. So you, you kind of have to read them quickly and then give an answer. That was the worst part for me. Um, so <laughs> you can't even just reload because it changes it every time. That sounds stressful. It's even with the zoom, it's a little bit. But I mean, you know, uh, it is fine. I mean, again, I've played other Fire Emblem games, so I'm kind of just used to going through it without being able to read everything. <laughs> that, that's why normal mode's so good, though, isn't it? I was saying um, there's, there's quite a bit of elitism in the community in that people say, you know, you've got to play on hard or maddening and classic, which means, like, if someone dies, they're dead forever. Yeah, basically, there's, like, permadeath. <laughs> but for me normal mode was my maddening mode at the beginning because this is my first fire emblem game i've ever played i didn't know what any of the mechanics did so on top of learning the whole game and all its systems from the start i was also learning it while not being able to read it and the thing is the zoom is good but the amount of time it takes to zoom in and try and read every single item and every single stat it, it sucks the fun out so I'd only I'd read a little bit at a time and then you know hope that being on normal would uh, be a bit more forgiving when I didn't make the best moves but then as I got better at the game and as I started to memorize it and learn what to do it became easier and easier but at the beginning if if it had been hard or nothing I would have got probably to the third map and given up because I would I would have been too frustrated yeah so i think that's a great thing in terms of accessibility it's not just oh some people are rubbish and need easy mode it's a case of you know my disability meant that was the only mode that i could use as an entry point into the game yeah there, there is a there are a lot of choices of how you can play the game uh in terms of uh you know like difficulty like you said so it, it for beginners especially it means that you know, if you don't know how the weapon triangle works, or uh, I, I can't remember whether that's actually in Fire but well, they have the breaker skills, so it's technically there, but it's not. Yeah, yeah, but you know, if if you kind of haven't got that foundation of well, I know what works with what, and you know what does more damage to what, and what you know, it, it's it it just kind of makes it a little bit easier to ease into the game. Um, it really it sounds Abby. I know it sounds intimidating. I know it doesn't sound that fun. It sounds like something like. I don't know, I, I, I can't even imagine what you're thinking right now. But it is basically just just getting a load of your favourite anime characters and just like making them fight with each, each other. It's great, it's great. It's brilliant. I think I wouldn't have touched this sort of game with a pole in the past. Like I'd seen some adverts for Fire Emblem and just thought, oh, strategy, oh, no way. But it wasn't until free houses when it introduced more of the sort of jrpg like you know big story talking to characters um all the monastery stuff when i was like 
oh it's like harry potter and that's what <laughs> that's what kind of got yeah, me into that's it. it okay yeah that's it uh it is basically it does have a very harry potter atmosphere medieval harry potter mixed with chess and some heartbreak uh, the, the harry potter bit does convince me well it's literally called free houses just imagine that slytherin's like gone well technically well, well <laughs> just imagine there's somewhere else and all your <laughs> and all the other houses it's basically actually exactly like it if you think about it it's black eagles and like gryffindor and they even have the right colors yeah it is yeah no um there are there are lots of fun things that happen uh, every chapter as well so you have uh, you know like tea parties and uh and more tea parties and more tea parties with raya yes <laughs> i was saying how funny it was in the the cathedral confessions there's like so you 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 know in the middle of a big conflict and everything's crazy and then there's raya like i don't really like tea but i don't want to be rude <laughs> and then she has a tea party with you in the quest the next month like okay i know this isn't technically accessibility but fire Emblem has always excelled at character design um and i just wanted to touch on the fact that the character design makes it so much more visually engaging um like you can spot casper from a mile away because of his bright blue hair or yeah. um or you know hilda or yeah, anyone really because they're, they're all they all have such unique character design they all have such bright colored hair they they all you know have different you know heights and other kind of attributes and they're just oh all of their uniforms are unique as well you can tell them apart from the npcs because uh, there are some other students around that you know are just regular students so you really have a grasp of you know who everyone is and you don't necessarily have to try and remember everyone's name and and it's just oh god i just love all of them so much again i'm trying to be as vague as possible because yeah. <laughs> ray is my favorite <laughs> and edelgard is your favorite and for anyone who's played the game you will understand why there is friction there is there is a bit of friction here just a bit i, I just can't believe when i said i like edelgard you were like oh you're an edelgard fan <laughs> Do you, who do you think my favourite would be? Whose side would I be on? I think you'd be on that oh. side. I know what your personality is like. <laughs> no, Abby's just golden dear. I did, I did choose her house though. I chose Black Eagles because I wanted to make a magical armada. Yeah, no. Um, I realised I didn't really explain the story that well earlier. We were trying to be vague though. It's so hard not to spoil it. So I'll, I'll, ju I'll just say that you have... There were, there were like three kingdoms and then the church. And there's a war because that's Fire Emblem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every Fire Emblem game involves war, betrayal, you know, other things. Um, and so, yeah, so basically you have to choose between one of these factions. Yeah, because I mean, they, they are technically factions because, you know, there's the Alliance, the Empire, and, you know, the, the Holy Kingdom of Fathers. But, um, it's just so interesting because the, they all have such different ideologies. Um, you know, uh, Edelgard has an agenda that's as vague as I can be about it. And Claude has an agenda as well. He, he also just wants everyone to get along. <laughs> <laughs>
So, you know, you were saying about um, the characters being very distinguishable. Another thing I've noticed, I don't know if you have, is that it plays an audio cue whenever you um, are spotted by one of your students or a character. Yeah. So yeah. if I can't, like if I haven't seen anyone, but I've heard the, it's not quite a ping, but whatever sound it is, I'll be like, oh, there's someone I've missed in this room. I better find them. And that's, that's a big help. Just the, the audio cues in general and the interface of, I mean, obviously there are, again, like the map you can't see. And... But it makes a noise. Like when you're going to move like five squares, you can flick it five times and listen for the sound five yeah. times. That, that's useful. Like, because I don't have much like movement perception in a way. So like I, I can't always tell how many five away is straight off the bat. But if I flick five times... Oh, now it's in the right place. And the the grid, uh, the grid, you know, uh, the movement grid, uh, is it's very, you know, the blue and the red do really work well with each other. I mean, that's just the staple of Fire Emblem games anyway. But it, it's, I found it, it's always been really good in um, trying to get a grasp of, uh, you know, like, you know, when there's different levels of terrain and you can't really, sometimes you can't tell whether you can walk down a certain way or something. The, the, the movement spaces really kind of make it a little bit easier to distinguish you know levels between you know on the map and it'll even tell you so if you're not good with colors if you if your vision impairment sort of affects that side of things in the top left corner if you're not sure about what something is it will say like normal ground sand that has this effect it'll even tell you like oh you can fly over this but nothing else so that's really good if, if um, you can't just look and see, okay, this is a red space, this is a blue space. It's, it's good in, in various aspects. I think, I think a lot of the accessibility features in this game, though, they aren't, it's not like people have sat down and thought, let's make this more inclusive for people without much sight. It's just, let's put voice action in because it's amazing. Let's put nice sound effects in because people like that. <laughs> And it just so happens that it, it's all come together to make something really special. Yeah, that often happens is that it's not often intentional. I mean, especially, I know we were talking about this before, about how Nintendo is definitely lacking in um, other aspects of accessibility, because it's not just people with slightly low vision. It's, you know, it's people that are completely blind and need text-to-speech. It's again people that might have some form of color blindness it's it's you know people that you know have you know specific conditions that aren't just generalized yeah that, you know you need to help tailor for you can't just slap a one color blind mode on and that won't even work for all color blind people yeah. with fully sighted let alone vi people i think the most annoying thing with accessibility is that there is this, this assumption that everyone that can't see very well has the same kind of sight deficiency yeah uh, it, it just it, it kind of just means that there there isn't this customizability to kind of uh, the the things that you can actually do you know like uh you know how you said how the the dark mode doesn't carry over to the eShop. yeah uh, this isn't technically fire emblem now but uh it's it, it, it all just it's kind of things that developers need to think about, but they don't really think about because, again, there is assumption that, you know, uh, visually impaired people and blind people don't play games. And it's like, well, what, what else do we do? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the rant I constantly have. Sometimes they, like, just don't 
even think about it like it's just the case that it doesn't come to their mind that they, that might be the situation and even with the color invert i find um does it, it goes over to the games which is great for the text but for the pictures it just confuses me even more yeah i think in terms of fire emblem what what is sad is it's such an amazing game and the voice acting is phenomenal and makes it 100 times more accessible but for a totally blind player, unless um, you have some sighted support, you are not going to be able to play this game. It is possible, like when, when Danielle comes to stay, um, we'll play the game and, and she'll have one Joy-Con and I'll have the other. And between <laughs> us, and like me using the Zoom and reading things out for both of us, um, we, we're able to have that experience together. But if you're a totally blind person who wants an independent you know, gameplay experience, you are not going to get this with that game, which is really sad because it is phenomenal. And if they're just putting a screen reader, like with Animal Crossing, it's a turn-based game. It lends itself to accessibility and it's yeah. so good already. So that's the thing. A lot of our favourite games that we're praising, we're not praising them because they're accessible by design. No. We're praising them because they're amazing games that we happen to be able to play. And yeah, that's that's the sad thing. It is quite sad um, because you really there, there there is this kind of there is there, there is this void of kind of uh, potential that a lot of games have because they are very they they are just tailored towards you know able-bodied people you know with fairly good sight. Um, and it just—it's just such a shame because you know I love—I love these games. I love Fire Emblem as a franchise. Yeah. But it is—it is sometimes very tiring to play for a long period of time. Uh, there are some people that just blast through all of the routes. Can do. I—I I don't know how you've done so much. You, what, how many hours do you have on Fire Emblem? I'm on—I'm on five hundred and something. But I've played that over a year. And a lot of that time, it is either it's me slowly reading things or sometimes I'm just idle. So I'll be on the game for six hours. But what I'm actually doing is playing for about 20 minutes, putting it down, getting yeah. a drink, uh, coming back, backwards and forwards. And that's sort of how I do it. But Fire Emblem just lends itself towards being an accessible series. It's turn-based and... You know, you could have the grid read out like it was an Excel spreadsheet if you have to. Like, there are things mm. they could do. I don't want to be segregated and be stuck with, you know, a very limited selection of audio games. I want to play Fire Emblem. I want to play this phenomenal game that everyone else has been able to play. And luckily, I can play this one and I, I find it accessible. But what if the next Fire Emblem isn't accessible? What if I can't play that one? And mm. that, that's what makes me sad. Yeah, it, it it's the fact that you feel like you have to rely on the familiarity of what you, you kind of know, and it, it it's like as soon as they change up the formula, you're not going to be able to play it anymore. Um, I was actually thinking about uh how I thought of Fire Emblem compared to another game like uh, Breath of the Wild. I know you said something about you know you couldn't really play Breath of the Wild because you know it's difficult. Um, again, Fire Emblem lends itself into accessibility and the fact that it is, again, like you said, it's turn-based, it's not, you know, real-time, 
you're not stressed out having to look in all directions at the same time you know you have a you have an overhead shot of the map you know what's there you know it, it's it, it's all laid out there and so i feel like a, a, a blind a, a, someone with extremely low vision or no vision at all if there were just those small things that they tweaked and implemented it would just be such a great experience because it's such a great story like I, the thought of people missing out on fire emblem is it is just it's just such a shame in terms of like busyness um would you say it's quite simple then to navigate um i mean i'd suppose it is because the one good thing is all the menus are on this very sort of neutral creamy background and it's like quite a decent font so with the zoom it's not like horribly cluttered it's just small but if you know the trick to put the magnifier in the right spot you can cycle through a list easily um you'll recognize the symbols for the different weapons and the different ranks have different colors on the skills so i i get a bit muddle between the e and d ranks and the i and s pluses oh and God, stuff. Yeah. but for the most part especially if you've got good color vision a lot of things are quite easy to recognize even if you can't see them it's just the text is small that is basically the issue but every but visually the ui is quite good otherwise yeah, the UI is, 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 is pretty neat, it's pretty neat. I mean, it's a shame that you can't like change the lists, you know, with different kind of backgrounds and kind of font colours. Uh, but again, like Kim said, uh, I mean, I, I know I personally rely a lot on uh, symbolism to navigate what I'm doing. So actually, there being kind of those different symbols for different things, you don't have to do all of that reading, you can kind of flick to what you know it looks like. Um, it's 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 very good in that sense. Um, the the UI is like it's not it's not the best thing ever. Again, small text, but it is fairly decent. Unless you're trying to manage your inventory, and for some reason that's so unintuitive. But I've I've seen a lot of sight of people complain, like because I'm trying to memorize it. But when you're trading, it's different. You know, different order of operations to when you're in the battle prep and. I've just found it's needlessly complicated, which makes memorising that aspect of it difficult. But at least, um, especially for players who may have like a learning disability that makes some of the cognitive aspects difficult, you can automate a lot of the management. So your uh, students will come to you and, and suggest their own goals of what, um, what weapons and stuff they want to study. You can just go along with that you can click the auto instruct button instead of like trying to read through all the different menus and choose them yourself and so from a visual point that's good because you can not have to look at things but from a cognitive point of view that's also good if you're you know you just want to play the game without you know looking at every single stat so that that's quite an accessible part uh, actually the cognitive thing is really interesting i think about that a lot is in the sense that you don't have to you don't have to manually swap out weapons uh you can just cycle through them with a button and it gives you an indication of how much damage it does to you as well as you know the opponent on that turn so you kind of have an idea of whether you're putting your unit in danger or not um I, I find that quite intuitive and again like the automate you can automate battles sometimes like yeah you know, sometimes it takes some fun out of the strategy but 
sometimes it adds to it though because you know if you're if you're not having to strain your eyes trying to look at the instructing session if you're having a bad day you can just go okay I'll skip this and then that saves your sort of mental energy to focus on the battle itself absolutely especially if you are especially if you're not uh, familiar with other fire emblem games and how uh leveling up skills and classes work like all of that stuff all of like the uh the kind of unit management stuff can be really intimidating and so if the thing is is that it just it gives you an option to play the game without having to worry about levels and and uh, different kind of stats and what skills they have you you kind of it's more character focused rather than proper tactician uh again like it, it kind of it kind of lends itself to both ways you know it, it, again it adds to the customizability of you know how you want to play the game but maddening's still an option yeah yeah exactly like Ma- yeah <laughs> no, I, I don't think i could ever play maddening i i will eventually i want to complete the game but having the other modes to ease me into it means that maddening will be viable for me in the future it just gives you an idea of how everything works without having to do it all in one go because that can be really overwhelming from any accessibility point of view really um yeah no three three houses really does that well so abby abby we convinced you Uh, we've told you about the amazing story the amazing gameplay the, the accessibility i know it's not perfect but come on abby i'm like 95% 95% of the way there. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. we need to go to 100. Have you got any questions about the game, Abby, that will help to help to put you over the tipping point? How much, like, actual fighting is there? A lot. <laughs> there is a lot, but it's not like, again, it's not like fighting, fighting. You're not spending all of your time doing it. I mean, a lot of it's optional. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, because you can do auxiliary battles in you on the weekends. So you can go and do some loads of extra side battles, or you can just enjoy the story and go through the main quest. And you know, it's up to you, really. Yeah, you you, you have a choice between just the you, you have a set number of battles you do for the main story. Other than that, it's all optional. Is it like um, is the fighting easy or hard? I know you said there's like different levels, but like even on easy, is it still hard? <laughs> If you don't know what you're doing, like I didn't, then you will die a few times and get a few game overs. But it's not its not punishingly difficult. I think that's the thing about the Divine Pulse, when you can go back a few moves. Um, it, it, it is doable. A lot of people say it's easiest. It's the easiest Fire Emblem game. I, I do agree it probably is. From the limited Fire Emblem experience I now have of Awakening, I, I just think that it's good to have the ability, like, say it's your vision's fault that you've misclicked or you, or you yeah. saw the character <laughs> wrong or you misread a number. Um, like, I like that I'm not being punished for being visually impaired by having to redo a chapter. I can just uh, just go back a couple of moves and not see it wrong next time. <laughs> if you, I'd say if you have a vague idea of how how the kind of weapons work against each other you'll be fine uh, especially if you play on easy mode but casual um you know you don't have to worry about any of your units dying you know permanently 
uh, if you kind of go the wrong way and you kind of use the, the wrong weapon against what it, it, it won't punish you like as much as you probably think it will. Um, as, as, as long as you, as long, it's very forgiving, especially again with divine pulse. As long as afterwards, if you kind of heal them up again, you'll, you'll always have a healer. Um, you know, you will be fine. It isn't as intimidating as it sounds. Is um, it's like game over the whole game. Like, do you have to restart the whole game or just the battle? No, you just go back to your last save point. Okay. And that's only if Boilef dies. But if you're on um, if you're on casual, where no one permanently dies, like the chances of you getting the game over are very, very, very slim anyway. Also, you have an option to retreat uh, during a battle. Oh yeah. And if you're on normal mode, you get to keep your experience. So if you've played and you end up like just in a corner and you've screwed up the whole map, you can just go back to the start, keep your experience, and then you're even stronger the next time, which is really good about normal mode as well. What mode would you recommend me playing in when I first start then? I started normal classic, and I think that was just the right amount of challenge okay. because... I had to try keep all my units alive while uh, I couldn't just like throw people into the line of fire knowing they'd come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you, there's no, I don't think there's any shame in normal casual if that's the route you want to go. I, I, I actually play normal casual because I don't like the idea of the permadeath. Like sometimes if a unit dies very close to the end of the map and I can't be bothered to redo it, I will just, I will just let it go. But if it's at the start of a game and a unit dies, I will restart. So, I, yeah, there's nothing wrong with normal casual. I, I, I'm i a veteran Fire Emblem fan and I play normal casual, so... I, I play classic, but don't let anyone die. That's, <laughs> you know, if someone if someone dies, it's Divine Pulse or it's over. But, yeah, just play, which, play normal, Abby, to start. And then I finally moved on to hard classic, but this is on my like eighth playthrough. I did yeah. seven on normal. <laughs> oh, and you also have a uh, new game plus as well. I love new game plus. <laughs> yeah. Um, after you finish a route, you have the option of again, trying going again. And you just, it's so fun because you've just accumulated experience in other parts of the game. Great. Is there a lot of like free run exploring sort of thing? yeah well, I mean, well each story path is very different well two stories are similar but the paths are so different like it's and you're playing with a different house so it's different students which means you'll be unlocking different supports and gain a different perspective on the game mm. and the story each time and even if you replay the same route like you'll build your own story as you go through, like you know that one character that survived with one HP, yeah, and then went on to slay five other enemies <laughs> the same turn. Like you, you'll find your own stories, and you can customize the characters differently. Like you might have a character who's a wyvern lord on one run, but you decide you're going to make them, you know, a healer on the next one. Yeah, and um, that that's always good. So you, you can constantly change it up each time. The, the only on foot exploration you do in the game is in the monastery and post time skip it's like wherever um and uh it's always in the same place so like we were saying before you can just have a particular route you do um and you'll kind of always kind of know where you are i guess if that makes sense um so i wouldn't worry about having to learn lots of new things you know it it, it is very very 
comforting in the fact that after a battle, you know, you go straight back to the monastery and it's 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 just it's just nice, it's familiar. It's a home base. I like I always like having a home base. And if you get lost, you can just walk. Like if your yeah, sight's you really walk. low and you just you're just really confused. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, just just walk, don't run. So Abby, are you on ninety nine percent? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> You just need to uh, convince me to just spend the amount of money that it is now. <laughs> well, the DLC, the DLC is amazing, isn't it? Now, DLC. I was literally playing earlier, and I was like, "Oh my god, I just love them so much." I love the characters. I've done, I've done a whole run through with the DLC characters, and that's added loads of replay value. Amazing. I've done, and now I've done the church route with them. I want to do another route with the characters to see what they have to say about the other events that happened so i've got you know a whole fresh experience on all the other routes again yeah replayability is phenomenal like the thing is that you again the tender games are expensive you're going to be paying a lot of money for it but the amount of content you get is amazing (laughs) the amount of content you get for the money that you're paying for it's so much more worth it than other games i have i've got my money's worth on a hundred times more i mean i've I've played over 500 hours on this game and I'm nowhere near done with it. And, you know, that's not even like grinding. It's not like I've spent hundreds of hours just doing random battles over and over. This is like 500 hours of proper enjoyment of the game where I'm engaged with it and um, actively getting something out of it. Yeah. It's just too good. It's it's hard to explain. You know, you, you actually have to kind of have that experience yourself. And I hate this genre, so I'm not even biased. Like, normally, this type of game, I would steer clear from. I hate puzzle games. I hate strategy games. This is just, like, that rare, like, gem. Yeah, no. uh, If we haven't convinced you, maybe... (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know what else we can say now. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know what else we can say. Other than, Abby, I swear... I will hunt you down and I will make you play this game. <laughs> Nat will give you a refund if you buy the game and you don't like it. Nat will pay you the money back. Oh, I get, yeah, totally. Can you do multiplayer on it? No. no. I mean, there is the online feature, where, but it's not multiplayer. It's okay. just to get you free stuff. Yeah, okay. Uh, it, is, it, is, it is a single player experience, but you can always kind of compare notes and you know you can always talk to people be like do you know what did you what class did you make such and such and uh you know have you got whatever support with whoever and and oh did you kind of get this conversation and it's just oh it's just oh it's such a great thing to talk about with other people because your experience is so unique Okay, I think we have bombarded Avi with so yeah. much information about this game. I think she'll explode if we try and say any more. So we should probably finish. I need to digest your persuading to make it 100%. Yeah, she needs digestion time. But in the meantime, do you want to talk a bit about uh, your fan art? Oh, okay. Uh, Come on, you've got to promote yourself now. <laughs> oh, I'm not really good at promoting myself. Um, okay, uh, I I don't know what to say. Do I just, you know, do I just say, you know, like... Nat wants to be a professional artist. She's very good. She works very hard. She's not very good. She is amazing. She is amazing. 
I studied cartoon and comic arts at university and uh, even though you know I, I can't I can't see too great I, I still somehow want to enter this industry I don't know why I, I cause myself pain every day um, but uh, <laughs> yeah no um, I, I, I'm currently only on Twitter right now uh, but I post a lot of fan art I, I've been doing a lot more Fire Emblem stuff recently um, a friend of mine uh, a friend of mine and myself, uh, we also run a, um, a Fire Emblem blog on Tumblr. Uh, we actually have a Fire Emblem characters that we made up ourselves, which is fun. And uh, what else? I, I just, I, I'm planning to make some comics with uh, a lot of Fire Emblem characters as well, um, based on support conversations uh, from different games. So uh, yeah, um, I, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't really, should, should I Aww, you don't have to get embarrassed. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, it's just so nice to see that, you know, you've taken your hobby and you're now using it to help you find the confidence to pursue your career. You know, this is a brilliant bridge to help you enter the industry. My, my dad told me that I should do what I want to do now because there's always a chance that, you know, with, with glaucoma, it's, it's never easy. Like, you know, there's, there's always a chance something can go wrong down the line. Um, you know, so uh, I, I want to get all of this content out now, and so I don't have to. I don't have to kind of regret it later. Yeah. Well, you don't know what your eyes are going to do in the future, do you? Now, yours isn't like the most stable condition, is it? No. Oh my god, I've had such a problem with them today. Actually, it's quite ironic. You and Abby, she went out in the sun. <laughs> Abby, <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> we had a picnic <laughs> oh okay that, that, was fair. that was fair i wouldn't have gone out in the sun for a picnic i would have just said now get lost i'm not going <laughs> <laughs> no um yeah no i am i am uh copycats on twitter if anybody is interested um in a stupid fire emblem art. i'm actually doing an edelgard and violet piece for the end of crimson flower I've, I've seen the work in progress it's awesome you need to get around to finishing it because the half you've done is amazing yeah but then i started that hilda piece uh hilda and marianne piece and i was like oh there's just so much stuff i need to do but no um i i love fire emblem i love drawing and they just kind of coincided so well because character designs are just i suppose like drawing and gaming go hand in hand in terms of uh people perceive that we're not going to be into those things oh, being absolutely. VI but even, even if you've only got a tiny bit of vision you can still want to enjoy visual things and even if you haven't got any vision you can still want to be involved in the same things that everyone else are doing. Yeah it's this perception that if you don't have completely good sight none of your sight is useful um, and it's like well you know just because I can't see too well doesn't mean that I can't you know zoom into it in, on into a tablet screen and and you know draw smaller details but bigger uh, and and oh my god meeting you was one of the best things that ever happened to me because I was talking to my dad and I was like it's really sad because you just don't see visually impaired you know blind artists around because it just it, it doesn't seem like a thing that should exist you know that, that it's like oil and water it just shouldn't go yeah, it just, just say, people are like, uh, what? Yeah, like I, I, people, I often introduce myself as an artist and then I hit them with the blind card and then they're like, 
oh, I didn't notice. Um, because you don't want people to kind of give you sympathy for it and be like, oh, wow, you know, that's really good that you do drawing because you have low sight. And it's, well, no, the fact that I do drawing is separate from my low vision. Like, yeah, there are different steps I have to take to do it, but it, it, you shouldn't treat me differently or my art differently just because I can't see. Same with games. Like, don't, yeah. you know, shuffle me to the side and segregate me and say, oh, you can only play audio games because you're VI. Like, no, I want to play games. I played games before I understood the concept of visual impairment to begin yeah. with. Um, you know, I, I like doing those things. And I think it's really important to um, to kind of get the message that you can enjoy visual mediums, even if you can't really see them much to begin with. Yeah, you you shouldn't have to like not allow yourself to enjoy things just because it's a little bit harder to access. Because everything should be accessible anyway. Vis- visual media is is so important. If I, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have the things that I was engaging with right now, honestly. Uh, it, no, it's great. Um, and you will have to show me some of your drawings at some point. And you will have to get your art into Fire Emblem when you're a professional <laughs> artist. And, you know, keep drawing your, your um, fan art and hopefully one day you'll be doing the next Fire Emblem game would that be like your dream come true, Nat? I would love to do concept art for a game like Fire Emblem. That I, that is my dream. <laughs> Being able to do art like that would be absolutely fantastic. It's amazing. So you're going to have to chase that dream for both of us, Nat, and then I'll play Fire Emblem <laughs> and I'll be very happy to see your artwork in it. Thank you. That would be my last, um, my last bit of persuasion, is to be playing with your guys' artwork. <laughs> right, on that note, I think we have gone on for ages and ages and poor Abby and our listeners are going to be exhausted from our enthusiasm now. So we better go. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We have a surprise next week, don't we, Kim? Yep. Basically, we have no idea what we're going to talk about, but we found a guest. So hopefully we'll have come up with a plan by then. Right. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thank you, Nat, for coming on. Okay. Thank you for having me. And, and thanks for sitting there and enjoying us, Abby. <laughs> I'm sorry, Abby. This is just what being my cousin entails. <laughs> sure, you have to entail a lot being my cousin, to be fair. <laughs> okay. Bye, everyone. Bye.